Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you. Perhaps you would say to the person next to you, I'm so glad I'm sitting next to you this morning. Just tell them. Fantastic. Uh, Why don't we open our Bibles together? This is my most favorite church. Kathy and I have been about 12 C3 churches already this year, uh, all over the place. And uh, uh, we've had a great start to this year. And uh, I'd love you to open your Bible with me to 1 Peter. I'm going to read a couple of passages of Scripture here. Uh, in the time that we've got and uh, let's see if we can finish before Monday morning, shall we? Let's, let's try that, church, this morning. Amen. Uh, 1 Peter, starting in 1 Peter, chapter 1 and verse 3. If you're there, say, I'm there. There's one or two people there. Still looking, still hunting. There's no doubt about it, you are a beautiful, favoured people. And uh, Kathy and I love this church. We love your pastors and we love you personally. And it's a delight to come and be here this Sunday morning on Kathy's birthday, April 17. Last time we came, I think it was stinking hot. The time before that, it was freezing cold. And now we've come in this beautiful time in history. And so what a wonderful time to be alive. Do you know my thought about this house this morning is that the church needs to be like an ocean liner. Not like a cork bobbing up and down and thrown and tossed by every thing that goes on, but like an ocean liner. Uh, you know, and yes, it feels the swell, but it only feels the swell just like this. It's not real bad. And the bigger the ship, the bigger the heart of the people, the bigger the heart of the church, the less we feel the torrent and the waves and the wind blowing us around. We sense that we are going through to the other side. Who's with me? In fact, I I was thinking back this morning to the time of the outpouring of the Spirit in our church where some ministers came and they said, when trouble comes, just like dandruff, just sort of brush it off you. How many of you know what I'm saying this morning? Just, just, you know, if something's happened to you personally, whether you're uh, an adult or a young person and somebody said something that kind of, you know, you could have personalized it and hurt you, just sort of brush it off like this and go, well, there you go. It's gone now. Amen. Why don't we all do that? Just brush it off. Uh, it's not dandruff, so it won't hurt anybody this morning. Just, you just brush off the stuff that people said because, hey, we're an ocean liner. The church is going over to the other side in all that God has called us to do. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you. And I love this next verse, verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in this last time. Why don't you read verse 6 out loud with me? In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials. Father, we thank you this morning that your hand is truly with us. I know that you are for me. And Lord, every person in this room knows that you are for us. And so we ask you this morning in Jesus' name to help us in this time to hear your word, to hear your heart, 
and to be strengthened and blessed in our spirit today so that when we leave the house of God, we go rejoicing even though we face trials. We know that you're for us and we know that you love us in Jesus' name. Flip over the page, just turn over the page to chapter 4 in 1 Peter 4 and verse 12. This is not a verse I read too often because I'm not looking for this stuff. But here he says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. I'm not looking for trials, are you? Uh, Pastor Phil says, uh, you know, when trials come, it's a compliment from God uh, because he knows you're an overcomer and so he puts stuff in your world to overcome so that you can actually be an overcomer. When Pastor Phil says that, I often think to myself, I'm over these compliments. How about you? I'm over all these compliments. I don't need any more compliments, thank you, Lord. But here, the passage of the Scripture, uh, you know, obviously, in this time in history in the church, when this was written, they were going through great persecution. There was challenge. There was, there was all kinds of things going on. But he says, don't think it's strange. Tap your neighbor and say, don't think it's strange. Don't think it's strange because what we're settling in on is the kingdom of God and what we're settling in on is building the local church which is God's great purpose on the earth. And the reason for building the church is the the salvation of men and women in our society to bring them out of darkness into light that they may know the marvelous goodness of God. And we've come that way ourselves and the drawing of the Holy Spirit is to bring the whole community to Christ. So the church needs to be like an ocean liner. Uh, Kathy and I were on a holiday in the Greek islands one year, and I forget when that was. And uh, we settled into our cabin, and, and literally the waves were about three inches high. It was as flat as a tack. And Kathy said, oh, did you feel that? I said, feel what? There was nothing to feel. But she, because we were on board ship, she thought the thing was going like this. I, I've been on board ship in the middle of the Indian Ocean when we were in... 30 foot waves and the thing was coming up like this and then crashing down and then coming up like this and then crashing down and they had ropes down the gangways so that you could fight your way uphill and then downhill like this. I've been in the middle when there's been a wave but you know when we're in the and Kathy it was as flat as a tack you may not remember that. It was flat water. <laughs> and even, I mean, sometimes people can get seasick in the bath. I know, I don't know how you do that, but, but the reality is, don't think it's strange concerning trials that will come our way because there'll be all kinds of stuff happening to us because we're on God's economy, we're on God's purpose and plan and really we need to hold on to Him and take our eyes off ourselves and take our eyes off the trouble and the wind and the storm and see Jesus And as we see him, we recognize he'll take us where we need to go and uh, we'll rejoice in his goodness and and the trials that we face. How many of you know we face trials? How many was a trial getting out of bed this morning? I mean, for some of you, that was a trial. Kathy hates the mornings. And uh, I said to her last night, darling, we've got to get up real early in the morning. I'm going to be calling you at 10 to 6. To her, that's the middle of the night. I automatically, I'm awake at 20 to 4, 20 to 5. I'm awake. Uh, maybe I'm old now, and that's why. I don't know. Uh, that's what, probably what it is. But don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial as though some strange thing happened to you. This is normal for a Christian to face stuff, and it's normal for churches to face stuff. 
Kathy and I are not practicing on you this morning. We've been pastoring for over 40 years and we've faced some stuff. Many, many times thinking, wow, this is the end of us. We're about to go under here. But you know, you can't go under when you're holding on to Christ. You can't drown Christ. You can't drown the gospel. He's, he's going over. Amen. And he, he will accomplish what He's called us to do in our society. And so because of this passage of Scripture here, I began to see and realize that the fiery trial that happens is to try our faith and try and cause it to be torn and dismayed and, and disintegrated so that we'll have nothing to live with. But we need to build a strong faith in Jesus Christ in every zone of our life. Who believes that? So, uh, amen. Let's look at Matthew 14. Matthew 14. Kathy's coming in a moment on her birthday to speak to you. Isn't that great? What a wonderful day to come up to the Central Coast and be with our friends here and uh, just be blessed in the house of God. Have a look with me at Matthew 14 and verse 28 and 29. Love us to read this together. Talking about being on the water and ocean liners and boats and corks you know, hopping up and down. I want you to read this chapter 14, verse 28 and verse 29. Away you go and Peter, you're reading it out loud, and Peter, sorry, you've got a different version up there. I can see that now. Okay. Okay. I see you're reading from the new invented Bible. I don't know which one that is. I don't know which one that, uh, which, oh, it's the NIV. Okay, the new invented Bible. Now, look, uh, let's have a look at this from my Bible, okay? This is what it says. And Peter answered him, said, Lord, if it's you, if it's you commanding C3 to be a church in our generation, regardless of the waves and the wondering and the uncertainty of the challenges that we face to get where we're going... Because nothing really is easy in life. You know, the easy road is not for the believer. <laughs> the easy road is not for us. We, didn't, we took the straight and narrow road, not the easy road. Isn't that right? We were on a broad way going down to destruction and He called us out of that onto a narrow way that leads to life and blessing. And, and our call is to recognize, if that's you, Lord, command me to come to you on the water. And He said to C3 Tugra, Come. He said, come on, step out and build the house and use every piece of material that I've given you from the youngest child to the eldest adult in the house. You know, whether they're 80 and 90 year olds in the house, we should always look after and respect those people that God brings us, shouldn't we? Because some of them will come to us in our church at Mount Anna when we were pastoring. One of the ladies that moved from South Africa was in her 80s. This woman could pray. And she could pray at midnight and two in the morning. Now I know most of us, that's when most of us have got our heads down and our tail up and we're sleeping, aren't we? We don't, we don't want to pray at that time of day. But this woman had this extraordinary anointing to pray in the night hours. And some of our breakthrough in our generation there at that church came because she realized he had said to us, step out, come with me and come on to the supernatural world 
of believing my word concerning your life. Don't look at the waves. Don't look at the worries. Don't look at the wind. Don't look at the turmoil. Don't look at the the difficulties and the trials. See me and step out with me. Amen. If it's you, Lord, cause me to step out and come with you. And uh, that's exactly what we did in our time. And I think it's a call by Jesus to a life of faith. Tap your neighbor and say, this is a call to a life of faith. This is a call. This is not, this is not the good idea. This is not Woman's Day. This is not the suggestion. This is not Clio. This is not Man Magazine. This is not, some, this is not the Daily Telegraph. This is not the Sydney Morning Herald. This is the voice of God, the Word of God, the way of God, calling to me as an individual, calling to you as an individual, and then us corporately going, Come this way. I've chosen for you to live a life of faith and a life of celebration in the midst of all the things that you will face. And boy, Kathy, come and tell us very quickly about some of the challenges we face. Who wants to hear? Give Kathy a hand. Some of the challenges we faced. <laughs> Amen. I don't know if they've got that much time to hear about some, just some of the challenges that... But one, yeah, one. Well, let's look at one. I love, love that. Um, by the way, thank you for my lovely bouquet this morning. My favourite colours are my favourite flowers. How did you know? Thank you. Um, I love the song that we sang this morning. And I want to reiterate it to our hearts first. That I know that he is for me. I know that he will never forsake me. In my weakness, I know that he is for C3 Tagara. I know that he will never forsake you in your weakness. And in his weakness, he is made, in our weakness, we, he is made strong. And because he is strong, we become strong in him. I also know that if he is for me, who can be against me? I love the message that you had from Pastor Claude Fingleton that from, uh, from Psalm 44 that says, um, God, we have heard it with our own ears. The fathers have told us of all you did in their day. We're like fathers um, to the house here in C3 Tuggera because we've been around long enough. And, uh, and you know, when, when you hear a word from God, particularly when it is to take land for the kingdom of God, you get really excited. You've heard from God and, and the challenges before you, but you know you're going to win this battle. You're going to buy the land. You're going to build the church and the souls are going to be saved. And it's absolutely amazing and that's the journey you've been on. We were on that journey uh, many, many years ago, 1984, in fact, we bought our land, 30 acres of land uh, in the church that we were previously pastoring before we handed it to our son two years ago. We bought 30 acres of land and then we... We bought another 11 and then we, we had 42, 42.6 acres in fact. But like yourselves, we faced incredible challenges because you get going on a vision that God drops into your heart and your spirit and we think this is going to be the most amazing journey. But somewhere along the line, the challenges come and they are usually, more often than not, financial challenges. And so here we were with our block of land and like you we got our building started and like you we had an unpaved road 
Unlike you, our road was 600 metres long. So you haven't got much to do or much car park in comparison. And let me tell you, our road looked a lot worse than yours does before we got it sealed. And we used to, you know, we used to think if people don't turn up for church, it's not, probably not because they didn't leave home. It's probably they lost their car in one of the potholes along the road, couldn't find their way up the other side. Sam, when it rained, it was like a quagmire. So we know where you have been because we've walked that journey as well. And we had built our building, but there were still things we needed to do and we uh, planned and desired to do. But then we, we, had, um, we had wonderful bankers, not. And uh, our bankers for, I believe, a spiritual origin behind it began to cause and stir incredible trouble with us. And at the same time, the income was not amazing. At those, in those days, I was the church uh, bookkeeper and I had the glorious job of seeing the bottom line all the time. <laughs> For anyone that has to do that, God be with you and he will be. He'll strengthen you. And I can remember writing the checks out and uh, and addressing the envelopes, putting the stamp on the envelope by faith, and then they'd be sitting on the desk waiting, can we send this one today? Can we send that one today? If we send three little ones equating to one big one, at least three, three people will be satisfied as opposed to one. So understand, we understand where your journey has been taking you. And so the, the bank got tighter and tighter and tighter with us until, and we're putting exorbitant, actually illegal fees on us, with our legal advice from our great solicitor that we had, he was saying they can't do this, but they're a bank and, and you can't fight them. But God is on our side. God is on your side. So it got to the point where they made an appointment for Adrian and I to go visit them and made it very clear that this was the appointment. They kept asking for debt reduction. We were paying the payments, but they wanted debt reduction. They wanted the amount of loans substantially reduced or they planned to sell us up. But when God gives a vision, when you hear from God, you need to know that God is going to stick with you the whole way through. He doesn't give a vision to your heart and let you get started only to cast you aside and say, well, that was fun, guys, wasn't it? Now you're in, see if you can get yourselves out. I know that he is for me. I know that he will never forsake me in my weakness. And so we knew that this appointment was coming up in a week or so's time was going to be the one where they said, show us the money or we shut your doors. We didn't have any money. In fact, there were times where, where Adrian and I uh, chose not to receive a salary in order that the finances of the church could keep moving ahead. And I can remember one time, a period of six or seven weeks that we took no salary uh, in order that some other creditors and bill owers could be paid. So it was a tight time. And so what we did is we, we turned to the Word of God and we brought in a, a, a great word to the church from, jo, uh, from uh, Second Chronicles chapter 20. You may want to read that in the terms of your own personal experience sometime later, maybe today at home. 
and we called upon the church to seek God and to praise him and to believe him for the victory. And the word of God came to a standstill, for the battle's not yours, it's mine. Begin to praise me and see me work on your behalf. That's the story in a nutshell. And so we did that and the church got behind, we prayed and we fasted together. And then uh, probably, I, I can't remember how long before the day of the appointment, I know it was a Thursday, um, we, we got a phone call out of the blue, an unexpected phone call. And it was from a real estate agent that wasn't even in our town. And he rang up to say, would you be interested in selling that five-acre spot? We have a really funny-shaped block of land. And there was a five-acre bit that sort of jutted into what was to become a residential suburb that was, was in the planning stages. He said, I have a client who would like to buy that five acres of land. Would you be prepared to sell it? We sort of, cool. Oh, we'll think about it. And inside thinking, oh God, is this the answer? And so uh, we went back and said, yes, we're prepared to sell it. We got a word of guarantee from them that, because all those things take time, as you know, we got a word of guarantee from them that they would pursue the sale. And so it was only a day or so, literally, um, before we had that appointment. So we went into the city to meet with the bank representatives and it was a very solemn meeting, all suited up in their black suits and white shirts and black ties. And we sat down and they laid out before us the severity and the seriousness of how they viewed our situation. It wasn't how we viewed it, but it was how they viewed it. And they laid it all out and they told us how serious it was. And at the end, their final words to us were, so what do you intend to do about debt reduction? Have you ever seen, a long time ago, there was an advertisement on television about a, a young man who was looking in the window of the Porsche or one of those Ferrari shops, dreaming about this vehicle inside. And then the next shot shows him coming into the car sales room carrying a little, little bag. And he goes up and the, the car salesman looks at him down his nose with a very supercilious look on his face. Anyone remember that ad? And as if he doesn't want to serve him because this young guy is basically just in short sleeves shirt. He's an, he doesn't look like an anybody. And he says to them, I, I want to buy this Ferrari. And you can see the look on his face. So where are you going to get the money for a car like this? So what are you going to do about debt reduction? And with that, the young guy picks up the suitcase and he puts it on the counter of the the car sales room and he opens up the lid and it's chock-a-block full of money. How many of you remember that? And, uh, and of course the, the, the salesman's jaw drops to the ground, his eyes fall out of his head and the young guy gets in the car and he drives away. So the question was, so what are you going to do about debt reduction? So we picked up our little bag, so to speak, and we put it on the table and we opened it up and we said, would... $270,000 help? And we saw their jaws drop to the ground, their eyes fall out of their head and we walked away saying, thank you Jesus, once again, you have delivered us from all our troubles. I know that he is for us. I know that he will never forsake us in our weakness. We've been ahead and we've walked the journey 
you are walking a journey. We share this story to encourage you that others have walked a path similar, similar to you. But the same God who is over all will deliver us from all our troubles. Awesome. Good word, Kathy. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. So when he asks us to do the impossible, we have a choice to make. Because really, building a church is an impossible task. We're dealing with so many intangibles. We're dealing with so many uncertainties. We don't know his total plan for this area. We know he wants hundreds, if not thousands of people to come to Christ. Who believes that? We know that he wants to heal and bring miracles and mighty works and signs and wonders. His word tells us that. We know that he's given us this place. And... We don't know how long it will take to achieve all that we need and we're called to do. But I believe we have a choice. In the middle of all this uncertainty and facing these trials and challenges that we face, I believe the only way we can deal with this is we have to learn to preach to ourselves. Uh, I've preached this message around the nation and I don't have time to preach the whole thing this morning I'll probably get to the introduction but I know without a sound of a, a shadow of a doubt that he's prayed for your faith that Jesus has prayed for your faith and I want you to make a note of Luke 22, 31 and 32 we won't go there this morning because we don't have time but he hasn't prayed for your financial success he hasn't prayed for you to have the right marriage partner he hasn't prayed for you to have the right holiday home. He hasn't prayed for you to have the best GFB, Global Financial Blessing, because B comes before C. He hasn't, he hasn't prayed for those things. He's prayed for your faith because he knows that you and I are called by faith to believe his word in the face of all the uncertainties. And what we don't know, what we can't see, he wants us to put our eyes on the instruments these are the instruments. Put your eyes on the Word. Stop looking at yourself. Stop looking at the circumstance. And start looking at this and going, God, I trust you. Amen? I believe you, regardless of the wind and the waves and the trials and the challenges and the issues that are going before me. And so, like it says in, in 2 Timothy 4 and 2, preach the Word in season and out of season. Now, I've been in church long enough, for 48 years now, I've been in church long enough to know that sometimes the message I heard was for people that weren't there. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been in church and thought, gee, I wish my friends were in church this morning to hear that word because that was designed for them personally. And often what happens, we do that in church life, we hear the message and we look for the person that it applies to. That'll apply to you for sure. You know, we're thinking to ourselves, I hope she's getting it. I don't want to nudge her. I don't want to nudge him because I don't want them to think that I know what God knows about them. You know, we don't want to be that. But the fact is, we as believers have this choice and challenge to preach to ourselves in season and out of season. Good days, bad days, up days, down days, discouraging days, cloudy days, sunny days, hot days, cold days. Whatever the day is, we have a choice to believe Him. 
And so in the uncertainties of all the things we face, preach to me. So I made a choice. Years and years and years and years and years ago, over 40 years ago, that I'm going to believe God no matter what. I've made a choice. And believing is simply choosing to believe God. Let's have our fabulous keyboard player, whoever you are. Who was that? Who, who was that? Lisa? Don't worry about spilling the water. Come on up. Good girl. Fantastic. Thank God for the worship team here this morning. This is one of our favorite churches because you know how to worship. You know how to worship the Lord. You know how to trust God in worship. Let's trust Him. Uh, I taught you nothing. Let's, let's, let's trust in the midst of all the uncertainties that the God we serve is bigger than the problem we face. Let's take our eyes off the finances. Let's take our eyes off the, the situations just for a minute or two and look at Him and see this extraordinary God. Let's close our eyes and just look away from natural things. Look away from earthly things. Be big in our hearts and go, Lord, I'm going to preach to me. I'm going to look at the things that I see in you that I can trust, like your faithfulness, like your greatness, the bigness of God. You're the creator of the universe. You've made everything possible. We thank you for Jesus this morning. He lived a perfect life. He died an extraordinary, sacrificial death. And we're celebrating that soon, this Easter. But He didn't stay dead. He rose an extraordinary resurrection power by the divine power of the Holy Ghost. He rose again. And Lord, we thank You that today we believe that He is enthroned on high. He's seated at the right hand of God and that's where we see Him this morning. We look at You, the One who is not able to be seen with the natural eye, but by the eye of faith. We see the God who loves us so much and paid such a high price for us. We thank You that Your Word says that You're calling us out to believe Your Word, to choose to believe and to celebrate our life of faith in Jesus Christ. We're builders, Lord. We're builders and we're believers. We're confident of this one thing, that when we ask anything in your name, you hear us. And if you hear us, we have the petition that we desire of you. We're confident in this one thing, that God is for us and not against us. And in the midst of our challenges that Kathy spoke about, Pastor Phil and Pastor Julie have spoken about, we know as a church that you've called us here to build the house of God. And in Jesus' name, we thank you today for your great help. I want you to pray in the Holy Spirit for a moment with me if you can. I want you to speak in the language of faith. The Bible says, building up yourselves in your most holy faith praying in unknown tongues right now. Go ahead and speak in the Spirit. I'm choosing to believe and I'm calling you to believe this morning with us. Faith rises in the midst of all the challenges. Faith rises in the midst of all the fears and the uncertainties. Faith rises and overcomes. And so we call on our faith this morning. 
to grow, to be strong, to develop in the midst of all the things we see and to believe our God. Praise you. Why don't we stand together and just lift our voices in unknown tongues. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lift your voice to the Lord right now. Go ahead. Lift it up to God right now in Jesus' name. speak to the challenges in the name of Jesus. We declare our God is big. Our God is glorious. Our God is victorious. Our God is mighty. There's none greater than our God. Our God is above all. Our God is above all. Everything's under His feet. Hallelujah. We see you, Lord, in the midst of us, building the house. We see Jesus walking in this building. We see Jesus on this property. We see Jesus in the offices. We see Jesus in the staff and the team. We see Jesus in the people. We see Jesus here. Our eyes are on him this morning. We see the Son of God alive and well in his church, alive and well in the community. We see Jesus high and exalted, magnified and glorified. We see you, Lord. Pray a little bit longer. Now the 60 seconds in the Holy Spirit now. Speak it out. this that the hand of the Lord is upon you. Know this that as the hand of the Lord is upon you, His favor comes with His hand. And with that favor comes the smile of God. And you need to know today that you're well pleasing in your faith toward Him. Continue to call on your faith. Continue to call on your trust. And believe Him in the midst of all the challenges that you face. The church rose in the midst of the fire of the challenges and the trials. It's an ocean liner. It's not a cork bobbing up and down in the ocean. It's an ocean liner. And we go through to our destination. We arrive at the port where God is calling us to be. And when the church is built strong, praise Him. The souls are saved and the community is impacted. 
and another generation rises up of young men and young women who've got the Spirit of God on them. One of the significant things about this house is that it has a generation of young men and young women filled with the Holy Spirit who are on fire for God within it. And that says to me that God is ready to do all that He's planned to do here. Because in some places, there's just the old generation and they're on the wind down, but not here. There's a wind up, there's a preparation, there's a plan, there's a future. And it's big and it's bold and it's strong. Amen. And you know, that's the way the Lord likes it. He loves it that way. It delights His heart that He would take a few of us and do a large thing in the earth. And we would never be able to say, by my hand I did this. No, He says, you did nothing. It was my grace, my mercy, my spirit that was at work in you. And I did the work in you. And He gets the glory. He gets the honor. And He gets the praise. And at the end of time, we'll go, God, you were so wise, so trustworthy, so faithful to all of us. How could we have doubted you for a moment? Praise Him. Go ahead and just praise Him a moment right now. Voice your praise to the Lord. Lord, we voice our praise. We voice our praise to you, God. We voice our thanksgiving to our God. We give glory to our King. We honor you, Lord Jesus. You alone are worthy to be magnified. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Our God, you are magnificent, extraordinary in all things. We love you and we bless you and we praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to finish because we're well over time. Look at us. We're well over time, but is it cool? It's okay to stay a little bit, doesn't it? Linger in the house of God.